Hey, happy Monday once again. Hope everyone had a fantastic week and welcome to episode 41 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Well, some personal news. I had to get a COVID test. Yeah, I, uh, I woke up Saturday morning, felt terrible, bad weekend, booked the test, still waiting the results. So, uh, you know, hopefully they come back negative, but uh, I got to give props to, to all those men and women who have to get that done on the daily for whatever they have to do because I'm not a big fan of it. So anyway, still wait my results. Hopefully they come back uh, negative and we can go from there. Anyway, this week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from South Carolina as Sarah Gordon takes home the weekly honors. Sarah went six for eight with four home runs and eight RBIs as her and the Lexington High School Wildcats won two games this past week. Congrats, Sarah, and best of luck the rest of the season. Now on to this week's guest and we sat down and chatted with Oklahoma State alum, Athletes Unlimited star, and the bat flip queen herself, Samantha Shaw. Sam has had a fantastic career to date, starting her college career with Texas A&M for three years before transferring to Oklahoma State for her senior season, where she would lead them to a spot in the Women's College World Series and have a very memorable showing. Sam would then move on to play professionally with the Scrapyard Dogs of the National Pro Fast Pitch League, and now with the This Is Us program that was formed from the, that group. She also got the chance to play this past summer in the inaugural season of Athletes Unlimited. We're going to talk to Sam about getting her start in the game, her whole college experience, including the transfer to OSU, the amazing game she had at the 2019 Women's College World Series against the Florida Gators, as well as how fun the Athletes Unlimited League was, and much, much more. Sam was an absolute blast to chat with, and she also became the first to play a new segment on here called Quick Pitches, which was a lot of fun. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes, anything goes, anything goes. Sam, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's things going down in the great state of Texas? Oh, it's great. The weather's nice, not too hot. The sun's out, so I can't complain. Yeah, well, you guys had quite a winter down there, haven't you? Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. When I'm in Texas, I don't want no, I don't want snow. <laughs> I want sun and heat. Yeah, really? That was like two weeks. It, it was like ice and snow for... Yeah, it, it, it was about a week and like... No power, like majority of the people didn't have power, no water. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Yeah. Us Texans were not prepared for that. <laughs> were you, were, did you lose power for, for a bit or, or you, you were good? Luckily, luckily, no. Um, I, so I have an apartment by myself, but mm -hmm. I was actually with my boyfriend's family and their house is across the street from a school. And so we were on the school's you know, electricity or whatever. Oh, so yeah. we didn't lose it. Luckily, none, like the pipes didn't bust or anything like that in my apartment. So I got out very 
clean. Oh, that's that's good then. Luckily, uh, you know, there was a lot a lot down there that uh, you know didn't fare out as well. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been up to since uh, the AU season came to a close? I see you uh, you're into weightlifting now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah, that's a new hobby. I've been doing that since November, November, okay. and I have fallen in love with it. It's just to me, it's challenging and putting my body through new movements. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that it's making me more explosive. And softball is an explosive sport. You know, we don't run for a long time. We're trying to hit a ball hard and throw a ball hard. So the yep. weightlifting is going to better me as a softball player. And it's fun. And I get to compete oh. um, when, you know, softball, you know, softball's not happening for me right now. Mm. And so competing in those meets um, keeps me happy. Yeah. So is this something you've always been into or is it, or is it something new just out of the blue? No, something new. Um, I was, I have a physical trainer friend, um, and I was kind of talking to him about how I was doing CrossFit at the time, but I didn't understand the movements and I wasn't doing the movements right. I knew I wasn't. And so I wanted to get a breakdown of the snatch and the clean and jerk and all these fun things that are new to me. And so he, um, directed me to my coach now, Jody Vaughn, mm-hmm. who, um, in the weightlifting world, Jody Vaughn and Chad Vaughn are very well known. And I am lucky, lucky enough to learn from them and train in their facility. Right on. So you wouldn't have, uh, the weights that they supplied the women at the NCAA basketball, you wouldn't have fared out with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's no. unbelievable. What? That, I can't believe that. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's very sad. And just today I'm seeing that um, Dick's Sporting Goods helped out. And so now they have a new weight room with racks and weights Mm -hmm. and all the all the things that, you know, female collegiate athletes use on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Now, good on Dick's. I mean, I mean, I post on Twitter. I mean, fabulous for them. But really, it should have never came to that in the first place. It really shouldn't have. Um, and hopefully this is just an eye opener for more people on, you know, how female athletes and how, um, unfair it really mm-hmm. is. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, anyway, I, I, I went down a rabbit hole today Okay. on, uh, YouTube. Okay. <laughs> I came across a, uh, a channel called Red's World. I think you might be familiar with it. Ah! <laughs> red Man. world yep that is my boyfriend's youtube channel i'm telling you right now it i'm very entertained by it so you really good like i gotta ask you the one chip challenge uh-huh how, how bad was it it was bad um <laughs> you know how i know it was bad because you said i'm gonna hold my breath until i pass out <laughs> <laughs> And like, to me, I love food so much and I enjoy chips. I can hand, I like spicy food and that chip did not taste good and it didn't leave a good taste in your mouth. It was hot. Um, I, I you know, I started to sweat mm-hmm. and as soon as that hour was over after we ate the chip, I literally went to bed. I was like, if my body's gonna <laughs> do anything with this, I'm just going to do it while I sleep. Yeah. So I can wake up tomorrow and be fine. Um, but it was hot. 
uh, I'd do it again if there was like something in it. But oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I thought Philip was going to pass out the way he was going on. <laughs> you know, man, me too. I, and that's why that's why I kept looking at him. I was like, is he I didn't know if he was like camming it up for the, you know, for yeah. the video. Yeah. And he was really struggling and struggled afterwards and was up a lot longer than I was. Um Oh man. Yeah. Struggling. It's, it's good. I like I I still have a few uh, like I probably have about, eh, about seven or eight more videos to watch on there. So I mean that's that's gonna be my Saturday night. I know I, I can tell you that right now because Oh good. Man, I he, love it. I love it. <laughs> he's new to it, but he does such a good job on editing the videos and Yeah, I was gonna ask he, about his editing. That like that's fantastic. I, I don't know how he learned to do that, but he takes a lot of time making sure like all the little memes and clips that are in there go with mm -hmm. the video. And it it's hilarious. He's doing a very good job with that. And hopefully, you know, it's something that he can do. Um, you know, his goal is making it to the NFL. So yep. it's kind of like his journey right now. Um, and it's just something that he enjoys. And yeah. I know in the future, um, gaming, he's into video games. So hopefully putting out some videos with that and just trying to build that brand for him. Right on. For And for any of our listeners that, that want some good entertainment, it's Red's World. It's R-E-D-Z-W-R-L-D. If go search it on YouTube, trust me, you're going to be entertained. Family friendly. <laughs> Family friendly. That's right. Actually, you know what, though? I was that... Uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? You were dropping some pretty good F-bombs on that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not family friendly. <laughs> Philip is. I am not. <laughs> Frank, that's awesome. So, okay. So actually with that, because you guys do like a, you know, would you rather thing on there. And mm -hmm. the funny thing is I was, we're starting a new segment on here today called Quick Pitches. And I'm, you know, I'm throwing out some random questions and this was before I even watched the YouTube, so this is working out perfectly. So, oh, uh, nice! Yeah. All right. So I'm going to throw a series of random questions, and you answer them as best you can. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. Favorite day of the week? Saturday. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Last song you downloaded? Oh, um, honestly. I think I'm on Spotify, so I think I downloaded like this is Justin Bieber. Oh. I think so. A bunch of Justin Bieber songs. Okay. Place you most want to travel to? Maldives. Favorite childhood TV show? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, there's so many going to. Uh, <laughs> favorite. There's. Oh, Hannah Montana. Okay. Uh, would you rather cuddle with a baby panda or a baby penguin? Panda. I, I'm not big into cuddling, so that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many hours of sleep do you need? Seven. What's your I ideal outside temperature? 82. Okay. Would you rather, would you go to the movies alone? Absolutely. And last one, favorite OSU uniform color combination? Ooh, so it's the black top with the orange accent. Uh, we got gray pants and then our black and orange 
um, stirrups and the white socks. I wore it, I think, in the last game of the World Series uh, when we played Washington. Okay, mm. wow, that's pretty detailed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Uh, going through like the when I was l- looking at pictures and stuff, the you guys had one where you had the black uh, black pants with like a baby blue. Oh yeah, that's sure. our and that's that yeah that's my second. Um, and a lot of people, I've actually heard a lot of people like, oh, we don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. What is it? It's our N7 jersey. Okay. Um, Oklahoma State um, with the Native Americans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, we don't <laughs> we don't wear that jersey a lot, very rare occasions. But um, and I'm pretty sure, I know Michelle Richburg and Cheyenne Factor right now on the team are... Native American, so it, I think they're gonna like model it. Okay, right on, awesome. I I think it's sharp. Like I I like it. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. All right, so let's get into your career. With okay. uh, every guest that we have on here, I ask, tell us when and where you got your start in the game. Oh wow! So <laughs> I have two older half siblings playing baseball and softball and so my I was around it from birth basically um but I can remember being at one of my older sister's softball games she was in kid pitch so you know the windup was happening and I saw that and I would take a ball go to a wall and mimic the windup fell in love from that point so I was maybe like you know three or four and then Funny enough, my parents actually met playing slow pitch softball. My mom hit a home run and my dad said she fell in, he fell in love. (laughs) You know, I've been around it for as long as I can remember, but I have, I've had the love for this game for, since I started. So I played T-ball and, um, I can remember, you know, (laughs) playing first base, playing in the chalk Coach is getting mad at me for playing in the chalk, but finally getting signed up for league ball. Um, there were moments where practice would get canceled because of rain and I would cry. Like that's how much I <laughs> love softball and that's how much I wanted to play. So always been very <laughs> into it. Um, even, you know, playing Eight U and ten U. I, I was so serious about it. Everyone knew at school that I was a softball player. Um, took it. I mean, I was a professional. I think I was a professional from the very beginning. I took my school serious. I wanted to make good grades, but I think that came from me being competitive and wanting to have the best grades out of everyone. Right. Um, and I made all stars every year. I think except the first year I played. It's like six U. So my first year of six U, I didn't make all stars, but every year after that I did. Um, and funny enough, the house that I grew up backyard backed up to the ballpark I played. So I had very easy access to those fields over there all the time. Um, and didn't, I think I moved to select ball like my last year of 12 U, I believe okay. my dad select team. And that's when I started my select ball journey and, you know, playing every weekend, pitching every game. Um, that's just what I loved. And I, I couldn't complain. I played other sports, but softball definitely took, um, over. Like if I had a 
softball game. I couldn't go to basketball. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was an important thing to me and I loved it and I didn't want to do anything else. So, um, and I really, neither of my parents went to college, so it wasn't like we grew up watching college sports and I really had no idea what college softball was until, um, I think it was my first year of 16 U. So I think I was going to be a freshman that summer and we were playing in the big tournament in Colorado and I was like invited to the all-star game or something and played well. And my team's recruiter was like, Hey, if you want to go to a and I think you're going to have a really good shot. And I was like, A&M softball, what? Like, that, <laughs> but okay. Um, and so at that time I was, I, I didn't really know. I didn't, I didn't really know what that, you know, what that mm, meant. Right. So I switched teams and the team that I went on, there was a handful of girls already committed to Texas A&M and they were my friends. And so I, I went to like an overnight camp, um, during the summer at A&M to like, you know, mm. see what it's all about, meet some of the players, hang out with my friends, whatever. And then the fall of my freshman year, I went on a visit and, um, they offered, I accepted on the spot. And that was the only um, visit that I took as of, I think I was 14. I was probably turning 15 in the next couple of days. So crazy. Holy cow. Like that's, that's young. (laughs) And crazy enough, there were athletes after me committing that were younger. (laughs) Wow. But that's just how the softball world was becoming. Right. And so luckily now we have a role. You can't even like talk to coaches until your junior year. Thank goodness. Because well, yeah, that makes total, could, that makes way more sense. <laughs> if I could go back and just advise my younger self to right. like take advantage of the opera, like just someone else looking at me and going to different schools. But, um, so I'm a freshman in high school. I make varsity, um, that was a big deal because I was at a big six A or five A school at the time. They were they had won like the state championship years a couple years before I got there, and so making varsity as a freshman was a big deal. I was more of a third baseman, not really much of a pitcher. We had a senior pitcher who kind of took all the time, which I was okay with. I was on varsity and hitting, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah. So a lot of my last years of select ball is already committed. So there wasn't like a lot of pressure. Um, right. Yeah, of course. And then halfway through my junior year, my family moved to a smaller town. Um, so I went from a powerhouse 5A softball team to a 2A softball team who, you know, nothing against them. I love that team, but in the, the competition just wasn't, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, of course. But I, I, I had a lot of fun. And actually when I moved there, I was actually to play other sports and play with my younger sister. And so my junior year, we made it to state and we got second. And then my senior year, um, we, we won the state tournament. So that was really cool. Um, but then I go on to college and I play three years at A&M and then I finish out my college career at Oklahoma State University. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
Well, actually, like, actually, all these memories are coming back. It's so weird. One of my one of my questions, I guess you pretty much answered, was uh, what led to choosing Texas A and M. Was there something that set them apart from the rest? But I guess at fourteen years of age, <laughs> how would you know? <laughs> right, and and it's it's really bad to me to say of for me to say this, but I had so many people around me already committed there, right, and they offered me a full ride. And 14-year-old Sam didn't really know what that meant. And my dad was like, well, if you want to do it, do it. And I was like, well, okay, what? I don't, I don't even know what that means. Like, <laughs> I just want to play softball. Yeah. Um, so do you remember what your first impression was when you, when you got to Texas A&M? Like, what it was like? It was populate, very populated. Um, it seemed like a lo- everyone there enjoyed being there. Mm-hmm. Um, the football games were really cool. Now, given I don't really care all that much for, for football, like I what you can't say that in front of Philip. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that. He knows that. It took me forever to even remember what position he played. <laughs> I'm learning, though. I mean, you know, freshman Sam didn't know Philip then. So okay, true enough. Yeah, whole different. Yep. <laughs> but uh the football games were really cool like they were um super fun and like everybody you know crowds went a&m football you know people go and support that Mm -hmm. and um i had actually i think at the time i was taking pitching lessons from amanda scarborough she was giving lessons in houston and that's where i'm from so like i had connections there one of my assistant coaches played softball at AM. And so there was just a lot of connections and it seemed like the right thing to do. Um, I remember their pitcher at the time, Mel Dumazich, she was like, who I could see myself being her. She was a pitcher that hit, she was blonde and tall and like everything was just going together. And so it was a good first impression. Right on. Now, do you remember your first game against UCLA? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it was it was fun, and I can remember a conversation me and my dad had before that. It was like, I just need you to get a hit, Sam. I think I, I it was along the lines of, oh, I know why. Because I had asked him what he wanted for Christmas, and he said, all I want for Christmas is you to get a hit off of UCLA. And so I got a hit. I do remember that part. It was a line drive down the third base line. I think I got a single. Um, really cool. Um, but also like a step back. I don't think I started necessarily. Mm. I think I came in to like pinch hit or I was I was a DP. And so for me, I had started and played every single game and I was like the pitcher and I hit for myself. And so not starting that game. It was it was a test for me to make sure that I was still a good teammate. Mm. Um, but it was a lot of fun and like playing UCLA and obviously understanding who they were and the history that they have and how good they are. And it was just cool to play on that field. Um, and just like see a pitch coming at me in the batter's box for the first time against someone else. Yeah, no doubt. Now, the first game you pitched was pretty impressive against Wichita State. I think it was the I think it was the next day. Did, uh, I believe so. Four, I can four three win. Game. You had uh, threw a two hitter with fifteen Ks. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, 
Oh, so amped up. Um, so, <laughs> so almost out of control in a way. I remember throwing a lot of rise balls and then just swinging at them, even though they were a good foot over their head. Um, <laughs> and going out and, you know, making that outing like I did, I think kind of just set the tone for me. Mm. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was a night game. Um, and I will have to say, like, my freshman class, our class, we were so close. And, like, all of us starting as freshmen was a really big deal. And so going through that all together was special. Right on. So you get that first season of Division One softball under your belt. Uh, what do you feel was the biggest takeaway from, from that freshman year? Um, For me, more on the pitching side, just because I got away with a lot as you know a young pitcher being effectively wild and playing in the sec which is really good softball Mm -hmm. i couldn't get away with as much and putting balls on the corner and making sure my rise ball rose and um because hitters are good and they were going to take advantage of anything i left over the plate and so having to take a big step back on that part and really like zone in and then hitting wise it was hard because i was way out of my comfort zone with they were like changing my stance and making me have this big leg kick. And so trying to find my timing was, um, difficult because the hitting's good, but the pitching's good. And so, Mm. um, it was a big learning moment, but I still had a lot of fun. Um, just playing softball, you know, as a little freshman, not really understanding what's going on, but having fun doing it. Mm. So, so, you go on for two more seasons with Texas A&M. We'll get into the transfer in a bit. Um, how was that first Women's College World Series experience for you in your sophomore se- season? It was, it was amazing. Um, just like going through the process of everything. Um, like there's a big dinner at the beginning with all the teams and, you know, like the photo shoot and going through all this stuff and just like being on that field and playing in front of a crowd like that. Now, unfortunately, you know, we didn't perform very well. I, I personally, I know I kind of crapped the bed pitching wise. Um, we opened up against Florida. I didn't. Oh, hey, hey, you can say shit the bed on here. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay. Shit the bed. Um, um, we open up against Florida, our starting pitcher isn't getting the job done. So I get in there. I don't get the job done. It's the first game of the world series and we're facing Florida. And I can remember, I remember this so well. Um, I'm facing Alicia Ocasio and I throw her rise ball in great pitch. And somehow she managed to put a swing on it and hit the first home home run of that world series against me. And I was Uh, like, well, you know, what can you do? You know, you're welcome. (laughs) Very home run of the world series hit off me, you know, you got, you know, but, um, it was just cool to be out there and it was, um, nice to see everyone just be so excited and A&M hadn't been to the world series in, oh my, like eight years, Mm. I believe. Since like 2009 or 2010 or 2011, I don't, I don't remember, yeah. but just getting back there for the university was super cool. And it sucked that we had to play Florida cause we had already played Florida, you know, three yeah. games yeah. prior, but, um, it was a good experience. So is the, uh, I've, I've asked this before to previous guests, but it like, is the, 
intensity level like amped up that much more like when you get there? Um, it depends. I didn't think so. Okay. I'll say my sophomore year. Yes. Right. My senior year. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Makes if sense. I mean, you're I had already been there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> the older you get, I mean, things kind of, you know, even though it is only a two years difference, that two years is pretty big. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, was the decision to transfer a tough one for you? Uh, yes. Yeah. So why, why Oklahoma state? It felt it, it was the right decision. I knew as soon as I got there that that was where I was going to end up only. And it more from the staff. Um, one, I didn't realize that I, um, receive information better from male coaches. I grew up with all male coaches and 14 year old Sam did not understand that. Oh. Um, and so I get to, you know, funny enough, so I'm from Houston. I live in Houston and I was flying out of Houston and coach G was actually in Houston for a tournament. So we actually flew there, flew to Stillwater together. Um, huh. and so that was cool. Just, it already, it, it kind of made me feel special. Like he was invested in me. Um, and then getting there and, you know, they're showing me, the campus and um it was during the summertime so typically or at least you know where i came from everybody goes home mm -hmm. well the majority of the team was in stillwater taking classes in school and training together um oh, wow. on their own you know it wasn't anything mandatory but they wanted to grow together mm -hmm. get better together um even in the summer. And so that was a big deal for me because they're building, you know, that culture of working hard, you know, year round. And that was a big deal for me because I didn't feel like my first three years I was getting better as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And so having that kind of environment of everyone wanting to get better at all times was huge. And then the way that the coaching staff talked to me, um, a lot of people probably know what I'm talking about, but when you go through that, uh, recruiting process, it's almost like a red carpet gets rolled out for you and they tell you all the nice things and show you all the nice things. And, um, you get there and it's like, okay, where's that carpet? You know, right. Who, where, where did that service go? And, um, when I got there, there wasn't that red carpet. They were talking to me as, they were talking to, you know, the girls on the team and cracking jokes and being sarcastic and, you know, kind of throwing some jokes at me. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to get me here. What are you doing? Yeah. But it, I, I appreciated it because it was real to me. It was adults talking to adults. It wasn't a coach talking to us, you know, uh, a prospect or something. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I mean, that goes a long way. Absolutely. And I don't know if it's because I was older, you know, I was going to be a senior and I kind of understood that, but it made me feel good about my choice to go there. And so OSU was actually my first visit. And given when, you know, when I was 14, I only took one visit. I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to go on visits. I'm going to take every opportunity to go to a school. And with OSU being my first one, I called because it was me and my dad. 
And I called my mom. I was like, I want to commit. And she said, no, Sam, <laughs> you've done this before. You got to make sure this is the right choice. And I was like, dang it, mom. I just want to be here already. <laughs> um, and so I then went on to uh, take a visit to Washington and ULL and um, finally made my decision on um, the way back from ULL, actually, because we were coming back from a family vacation in Florida. Um but the turnaround was super quick. I think I told him and within a week and a half, I was up there taking classes and training. So right on. Yeah. So tell us about that 2019 season leading up to the women's college world series. Uh, did you have a feeling that this team had something special? Yes. Um, and a lot of <laughs> girls that have played team sports will probably understand this, but with teams with girl team sports, a lot of drama comes along with that. <laughs> and this team dealt with the problems, you know, maturely and never caused any drama. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we all had, you know, one goal and it was to make it to the women's college world series and nothing was going to stop us from that. Um, it was uh, a lot of fun, and this was the first time that I had actually had friends, like true friends, on the team. Right. Uh, that was a big thing. Even on my visit, you know, Coach G told me, "You're good at softball. I don't know how much we can help you get better, but we want to make you a better person." And so I was growing, one as an athlete, but then being able to build relationships and trust, trust my teammates, not just, you know, when they're playing behind me, but you know, if I, my car broke down that someone would come and help me. Mm. Um, and so just that type of energy going on, uh, it created a really fun environment to, environment for us to perform in. And, um, so much fun. We were never out of any game. I think we there was a bunch of games we came back and went one. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, probably like 15 or something, but we just we we never quit and I think that's why people started to kind of fall in love with our program cuz even if we were down in the 7th inning, you know, we were going to fight our way back and we knew as a team no matter who was in that box at, you know, hitting or whoever was getting their chance to pitch, like everyone trusted in that person to get the job done. And we always talked about like that person in the box should feel the 20 other players in the dugout behind them, wanting them to do well and not being upset that they were getting an opportunity rather than they were, you know, in the dugout. And I think that's huge. Oh yeah. Well, team chemistry, team chemistry, I think goes further than, you know, individual, like, Oh, like, yes. You know what I mean? I, yes. I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's what I think anyway. <laughs> yes. I couldn't agree more because I've been on those teams where on paper we're great. And then, you know, we kind of get to those final stages and we aren't, we, we don't perform as well as we should. And also having coaches that believed in us and they weren't going to let us get away with the little things if we were messing up or, you know, they were going to tell it straight. If we were doing something we were told, um, Coach G always made it a point, like, he's never mad at us. And if it happened at the beginning of practice, to know that at the end of practice it's over with, he's not mad. You know, if you needed to talk, his door is always open. And one thing at OSU, 
with our like uh, team room and coaches' offices, there's two ways to get in there. One of the doors is um, connected to the girls' locker room, but then the other one is right by the coach's office. And when it's your first time getting to the field, you have to walk through that door and walk by the coach's offices and say hello and talk. And then you could go to the locker room and do whatever you need to do. So just like that type of culture of creating that relationship between a coach and a player is huge. That's and a great, I didn't that's realize, a great setup. Right. And I didn't realize I needed that because, you know, I was like, I'm here to play softball. <laughs> I don't need anyone else. You know, coaches, <laughs> I'm here to do mine. Let's go win. And so just having a staff creating that culture and then players willing to buy into it is huge. Yeah. Well, it seemed to work. You guys, uh, you get, you get back to the women's college world series. Uh, first games against university of Florida Gators. I mean, I was you, happy with that. <laughs> I, I imagine you were your face. You're facing an extraordinary pitcher in Kelly Barnhill. What was the mindset going into that opener? I knew that if we can just get some, runs on the board, I knew I could get the job done in the circle to beat them. Right. So given I have obviously faced Kelly a lot, I knew what I had to do in order to hit the ball. And so trying to explain to my team guys to swing above the ball, you don't have to swing hard, just swing above the ball. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I did as much coaching as I could. Um, but I think my team, knew I knew what I was talking about and you know they tried their best and my defense made some plays and we were able to keep the runs off the board besides mm. you know all the runs scored in that game were home runs I had one yes. hit off me and I hit two so it was a well-played game it was a lot of fun you know coach G and coach Walton they played together they played baseball together at OU and so like there's a lot of history there he coached there coach P our first base coach at the time played for Florida. So like there was just a lot going on. It was a lot of fun. And I knew, so I hit that home run in the first inning and then Jordan Roberts goes and hits a home run off me. And I knew that if we could just score one more run, we were good. And I get up and I, I didn't know I was going to hit a home run, but I had a feeling that big was about to happen. And you definitely uh, turned on it. (laughs) (laughs) I was, you know, when you're so in the moment like that, it's hard to explain what's really going on and just tell yourself, just hit the ball at the middle, Sam. You don't have to swing hard. We just need, I just need to get on base so my team could score. And, um, you know, I, I, I connected with it and it went far and I knew that was the end of the game. We just had to go out and make those plays. Um, oh, you had a fantastic bat flip in that, by the way. <laughs> you, you were so angry. You were so angry when you. <laughs> that the the emotion going through me, like that was me knowing we had won the game. Like yeah. I knew that moment. It wasn't a walk off, but to me, it was a walk off because I knew we were good enough to hold them off. I was going to do my job to keep the ball on the ground and keep the ball on the field mm-hmm. to win and just get to the next game. And, um, I know it was a very aggressive bat flip. It was very dangerous. I do not, <laughs> yeah, no. you know, I don't teach that. I, I won't teach bat flipping and I especially don't teach that one. Luckily no one was injured. I think the two closest to that was one of our male managers and our strength coach who's also a male. So none of my teammates were even close to it. Um, but it obviously got picked up by the media and, 
they ran with it. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, you became, you're now the the queen of bat flips, are you not? <laughs> it's <laughs> a good yes that's quite a handle to have that's a lot of pressure though yeah yeah um and so many dads are like come on teach my kids and my biggest thing is you know if that's who they are great i was having so much fun and i loved the game and i was i was showing my team like we are in this we have won we got this um i never you know my team like it, it was all that and one and before you could bat flip, you got to hit the ball over and you got to know that the ball's over. So that takes a lot of practice on understanding, you know, if you hit a ball, if it's going over, but then two, if that's who you are, great. If it's not you, that's also great. I was just in my moment. I was in my element. I was having fun and the bat just slipped out of my hand. <laughs> that's a, yeah, perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> so you'd hit the two home runs which were the only two hits of the game. Uh, plus you'd pitch the win against a very good hit in right. Gators team. Uh, where would you rank that in the category of best games ever played personally? Uh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I figured. The top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figured it had to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Disappointing. Uh, you, you guys had a disappointing finish aside. Uh, would you say that the 2019 season was your coming out party from, for where you are right now in the game? Absolutely. Um, I, and I've said this before, my goal, my senior year was to end my career at the world series. So I accomplished that goal. Would it have been a cherry on top if we would have won? Yes. Um, but just being there and seeing my teammates in that moment, because only myself and Sydney Springfield, who was a transfer from LSU had, we were the only two that had been to the world series. So just getting to see everyone perform on that stage was huge. Getting to see the coaches and coach G, you know, be there and our fans and even fan, you know, people that weren't OSU fans cheering us on. Um, that was such a great moment. And even though we lost, you know, we got OU next, which was like, okay, give us someone else. We've already played them. We've already lost to them. We don't yeah. want them. Again. <laughs> Um, but then even that game against Washington was a really hard fought game. Um, you had Cheyenne factor rob that home run, which was the coolest thing. She saved my butt. Yeah. That was and, nice catch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and you know, thinking I, I got a hit in that game. So luckily that, you know, that was a goal of mine. You know, I didn't want to just go out swinging. We were facing Terra Novello, which was throwing like, it felt 85 miles an hour. <laughs> And then, you know, the last out for me on a, you know, as my college career, I caught a ball line drive right back at me that I didn't even see. Um, so there were some special moments in those games that, you know, mm. even though we lost and it wasn't the outcome, it still made it super special. Um, and just ending your career there is the coolest thing. But I definitely think that my run our run helped me get to the point of where I'm at only because I fell back in love with the game. I was finally playing as myself. And I think that showed and how free I played and how well, you know, I did in my senior season. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about jumping on the pro side of the game. How was that? How was that transition for you? It was interesting. Um, because 
So I have known Connie May, who was the head lady for Scrapyard Mm -hmm. for a very long time. Her daughter played at A&M, so the connection was there. And so I was already communicating with her early on in my senior career, like, hey, I want to play professionally and I'd love to play for Scrapyard because it's in Houston. Like, why, you know, why would I go somewhere else and play? And so she said, "Okay, I can't give you any numbers, but if you want to play, you'll play. And I was like, "Okay, cool. So I like didn't even enter myself into the NPF draft. And then the bat flip started happening and she actually called me and had a talk with me like, hey, you know, you may need to change this up a little bit because some people already in the organization they don't like what you're doing. And so I freaked out. I was like, what? You know, it was already too late to enter my name into the draft. Right. You know, I had already kind of put all my beans in one bowl, you know, like they were already over there. So I kind of had to take a step back and, um, I, I didn't change obviously (laughs) (laughs) doing what I was doing. And it was funny because, um, I think it was that Florida game. Connie and her daughter, Megan, were in the front row and they had such great things to say to me after that game. And so that kind of like assured me, but then in the back of my head, okay, now I know there's some people in the organization already on the team who don't like, you know, right. And so going in there, I was a little afraid. And of course I had seen the tweets from Sam Fisher and I was like, oh, my teammate hates me already. (laughs) Damn that Sam Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) And I walk into the locker room and I look for my name. And of course, Sam Fisher's right next to me. And I was like, oh no. And I'm I'm an awkward person when I first meet you. I don't I don't know how to like go about talking and introducing myself, but luckily Sam is also awkward and we kind of, we, we go out to the field and she, she was like, Hey, you want to be my throwing partner? I was like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) From that moment on, we were were good to go. But, uh, it was, it was a hard thing. I really wasn't comfortable my rookie season there. Um, I kind of, I put so much pressure on myself to perform and, you know, be the bat flip queen and hit all these really big home runs. And so putting that much pressure on yourself, I was not, you know, who I was my senior year, if you will. And so, um, did you switch to the outfield? <laughs> yes. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> it's difficult. And I always gave outfielders props because I know it's not easy, but then I'm actually being out there and trying to read a ball. Mm. Whew, I I'm know. Still you know what? I'm, I'm a pitcher as well. And uh-huh. if you were to put me in the outfield, it, you'd be better off to put a pylon out there and hope it lands on top because I, <laughs> I cannot catch a fly ball where I have to like take time and actually think about it. Right. It, yeah, it was, uh, it was hard. And funny enough, my senior year actually did play a couple innings of outfield. Um, and so during practices, I would go take some outfield. So like I had a little bit, but nothing compared to like <laughs> professional, you know, yeah. um, but I think I did okay, and I'm still working towards it. And I, I always considered myself a utility player, and so I, um, even in the, this off season, I'm trying to make myself, you know, more of a utility. Just trying to build strength and speed, and reading balls better. Um, 
And so it was, it, it, as long as I'm in the hitting lineup nowadays, I don't care yeah. where I. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, well, I mean, every team can use all utility players, can't they? <laughs> I mean, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so anyway, you, uh, with Scrapyard, you'd play there. I, I talked to Kiki and, and Sam on this about the, this is us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell us about the whole situation, like from your perspective, like how you saw it. Right. So one, just super excited to be able to play softball last year because it was really up in the air. So just being out there, I was like, yes, we get to play softball. We're in Florida. It's hot. I enjoy the heat. It's, you know, and so finally getting there um, and playing, I think we lost that game. I think I was the last out. So I was already bummed. I was like, dang it, Sam, like Mm. (laughs) last out. (laughs) Um, And we get into the locker room and, you know, people are freaking out. I had no notifications on my phone. No one was texting me anything. So I was like a little dumbfounded. I was like, "Uh, can someone tell me what's going on? And Kiki is one of my really close friends on the team. And so just seeing her go through that type of stuff was unreal. Um, and then I think I was the first one to follow her out of the locker room, I believe. Um, but then those following days, honestly, were even worse for me. Mm. (laughs) So many meetings and it was like emotionally draining and all I wanted, I just wanted to play softball. Mm. I, I didn't. I don't have much of a stake until like all the background stuff. And yeah, like what this is us softball stands for. I completely agree with, but I didn't really speak in any of those meetings. I didn't, I didn't think my voice needed, you know, to be in that conversation because everyone else was doing such a great job. And so Mm. it was very hard for myself. Um, But I'm happy that we were the group of females to be there and, and kind of work together. Um, very happy for what we have started and what we did. Um, and well, uh, our group will always have that connection with one another, mm-hmm. which is super special. Um, and just like all the headlines and stuff that we made and the, the pride was also super helpful. Um, you know, just yeah. dealing us and going through that when they, you know, really thought they were going to get a full season and stuff like that. But, um, on a more lighter note, we got to wear shorts and play softball, which was really cool for me because I love wearing shorts and um, I finally got to do that and play. And so that was fun. Right on. I mean, it was, a, you know, if, if there is a positive come out of it, I mean, it was a great way to get the black lives matters, you know, thing out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was, it's really hard, especially for me, you know, you know, my parents did not agree with what I was doing. And so that was a hard conversation and right. um, time to go through for myself, you know? Um, and that was huge. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I would do it again if I was able to, and I still tried to voice my opinions with that, but we definitely did a good job and are continuing to do a good job. I know the social media hasn't really been active, but I know we have some of our, some of my teammates behind the scenes right now doing some special things. So 
Right on. That's awesome. So on to Athletes Unlimited. I mm-hmm. I rave about it on here so much. People are probably getting sick about um, <laughs> How fun was it? So much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, anytime I get to play softball, I'm having a great time. And just the, I was, I was free again. So um, my coaches at OSU were like, that's the Sam we know. That's the Sam that was here in 2019. And I couldn't agree more. Just going out and playing softball and it being difficult for me, I wanted to be a captain. I wanted to be in charge and try to maneuver those things. And I got the draft is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And given I was one of the younger ones. And so really using my, you know, some of my bet friends to, okay, who is this? How have they performed in the past? Do I, do I want to, do I want them on my team? Do I not? Because I'm, I'm in my own little world. I, you know, I just, I try to focus on myself, but then being in that captain role and trying to put a practice plan together and put a lineup together and understand when to pull and when to pitch hit someone. Hmm. That was the coolest part for me. Um, I had to pull myself out of a game while I was pitching and that was the hardest thing to do. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, uh, (laughs) my poor, um, facilitator and I think it was um I don't even remember who it was but I think I was backing up halfway and I looked at them and I was like pull me please like don't (laughs) leave me out here any longer um but it was really fun um the athletes unlimited staff did a really good job of keeping everything safe and giving us as much as they could you know whilst keeping us in the bubble, keeping it fun to where we weren't just, you know, cooped up in our hotel or apartments or, um, I'm really excited this year to see how it's different and how socially it could be different because we didn't have fans. We weren't allowed to go anywhere. From what I understand, Rosemont, that, that, um, location on where the field is, there's so many cool things to go and do. And we didn't get to explore any of that. And so just building that can build the chemistry even more, to help with those teams. I think my week I was captain, like on paper, my team was so good. And then we lost every game. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it goes. (laughs) That's the way it goes. But maybe if we had some more chemistry and been able to go out and have like a team dinner at, I don't know, Chili's, I don't know where we have gone, but just being able to build it like that. um, I'm excited to see how that you know, enhances our performance on the field. Well, you answered, you answered my next question if you're in for season two. So that's an obvious. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I actually, when I had Eric on here and I asked her, I said, imagine what that would be like at Rosemont with fans there. Like I think that'd be an amazing atmosphere. Oh yeah. And honestly, well, they have stands in the back too, because I was just thinking about the, the bleachers behind home plate. And I was like, I don't think that's going to be enough, but there, there are bleachers behind the mm. outfield. I think yeah. we'll be okay. I mean, yeah, it'll- anything to add to anything to add to the, you know, yeah. it, it was already a good atmosphere with the way you guys, you know, just the emotion you guys were putting out. I mean, to have fans there would just add so much more to it. Right. Yeah. And man, that, that, <laughs> fake fan like the crowd roar that they had there was not it (laughs) oh really it was like it was um 
almost baseball-ish how they sometimes play that. Uh, I don't know. It's similar to what a softball game. I know they tried, but we were definitely annoyed with it after like the second game. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good tidbit to know. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, on to the the last segment of uh, the podcast. I, uh, we call it player association. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'm going to throw it a player and, uh, you can say as much or as little about them as you want. Okay. Let's go. First one, Keely Milligan. My best friend. She just had a baby. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So she was, she, she was a teammate at A&M. Yeah. We were, um, freshman class together and, we shared a bathroom, um, and side note, so we both transferred on the same year, um, and that was kind of who I talked to about it to make sure, like, we were doing the right thing, and so going through that with someone else going through the same thing was super helpful. Right on. Where, where did Keely go? Um, University of Louisiana Lafayette. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. Uh, next one is uh, Taylor Lynch. Taylor Lynch. Um great friend she is the reason i even got connected to osu and we played select ball against each other for like ever okay next is uh, mackenzie thomas <laughs> my catcher <laughs> the sassiest human being besides me no one else could have handled me my senior year besides that person um dr pepper lover just like me uh, and just a good time. I was going to ask you about the Dr. Pepper because <laughs> unfortunately I don't like it. <gasps> That's okay. You know, everybody has their thing. Um, it's, um, I, you know, I can drink it any time of the day. Um, I can tell by but, one of those Instagram pictures you had up with a fridge full of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> that, was in, that was in Rosemont. And that was like the one thing getting me through you know those those may be lonely times in my hotel room so uh, right on all right uh next is raquel dominguez <laughs> daddy um she is one of my closest friends and the one person i still talk to from like regularly i should say um she funny enough side note she told philip to snapchat me so if it wasn't for rock Philip and I, you know, wouldn't be, um, but just one of my very best friends and someone who I trust my life with, you know, life of the party. I think we understand each other very well and I love watching her now, um, on the TV and through Twitter and stuff doing her thing. Awesome. And last but not least, I I let her have her, her talk about you and Sam Fisher. Oh, Samu. Um, she allowed me to be comfortable in the pro softball world, um, but also helping me through the really hard times of it all. Luckily, you know, I had her my rookie season and then there in Florida and then even in Athletes Unlimited, um, you know, we share the love for McDonald's and fast food, um, knows how to make me laugh. Um, we had a lot of ice cream dates up in Rosemont. So, um, a best friend, a very good friend, someone that we still communicate almost every day, I think. And, you know, I reach out to her for professional advice, for adult advice. And, um, 
we, we get each other very well. And I'm very happy to uh, have her be a friend. And um, like I got invited to her wedding, which is huge for me because I don't get invited to weddings. <laughs> <laughs> but that's going to be fun. Oh, that'd be fun. Her and K-Dog. Oh, K-Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that'd be, um, a, that'd be a fantastic wedding, actually. Right? I know. And they've had to put it off for so many different reasons. So I'm really happy that it's finally happening. And I can't wait to go to Arizona and like train, train for a week with her and just be goofy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Awesome. Well, Sam, I got to thank you for coming on. This has been, yeah. this has been awesome. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, best of luck in season two of athletes unlimited. Thank you. And best of luck in the weightlifting Thank you. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're lifting way more than I could ever do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And who knows? I haven't entered myself into another competition, but I am I have a feeling I will. And so it'll definitely be on social media for sure. Fantastic. All right, Sam. Uh, thanks for coming on. And you tell Philip to get some more uh, YouTube videos up on so I can, uh, so I can watch them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll tell him as soon as I'm done. All right. Take care, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is more than a business, much more than a kid trying to get rich. Live this like it's an addiction. Spit this whether anybody listens. I don't know if you really hear of me, but these lyrics seem to be my therapy. Guaranteed, I hear the beat. My stress gets released till I feel at peace. And I feel pretty fortunate. Even though I never made a fortune yet A lot of these cats are trying to make it a rap They get nothing back, no feedback their whole life Something to say with no mic Incredible skill but no hype I spit it for the ones never heard Who spend every day trying to make this work But is anybody listening? Okay, here we go again. Roll the put the stereo to 10. You know what you got in your boombox banging. Unorthodox like boondock saints is. Take notes on how I stay dope. Upgrade the flow and keep the fake oath. Bend the example, play the scapegoat. But I shoot to get higher, go aim low. Now could I take attendance and give props to those who pay attention? Listen to the flow and the way that we blend it when we create an event. We did it all independent, but come on. It only take a minute. Same old class with the Yankee fitted. Still in field, never change the digits. I'm good where I'm at, don't hate, just listen. Come on. Is anybody listening? Huh?